All right, thank you for that. By the way, I appreciate the music in our church, our musicians, and those that play, and it ministers to us and gets us ready uh, to hear a message from the Word of God. And so thank you for all those. The songs this morning were tremendous. I do want to say one thing before I get into the message. Um, she, she agrees with me, right? Music was tremendous today. I will say this. I don't, we don't, I don't, I don't think we've taken an, a special offering in our anniversary service for anything and it's not a big offering. It's, it's, I mean, it's a big amount for the school to get that security. But we've, you know, we live in different times. And I want our schools to be safe. We've got our security vehicle here. We've, we've put different, um, we've paid, the church has paid to put different gates in. And really, that's not necessarily just for the church. That's for the school, just so we can have everything funneled to where we want it. And uh, we just want to have a security system between the different classes and it's a decent system. So if you can give a little towards that, I'm not pushing it. It's not like a building offering or anything like that. But if you could give a little to that, I, I would really like to get that taken care of. And um, just have, uh, I want to have safety for our children here. And so I know that you'll do that. You guys are great. You know, it's one thing to, to hear something, and it's another thing to, to listen. You say, what does that mean, Pastor? If you're married, you understand that. Okay. You ever remember the game you used to play telephone? And I think it's called telephone, where you get a bunch of people in a circle, and there's a key phrase like, uh, you know, the cat got run over. I don't know any um, I don't want your cat to get run over, by the way. Uh, and you and the first person whispers to the person next to them, the cat got ran over, and then they whisper it to the next person. You know what I'm talking about? And by the time it goes around by 20 people, the phrase comes out, you know, the dog ran up the tree. And it's like, well, wait, we were talking about cats. What happened? It's hard sometimes. We hear sometimes, but we don't listen. And I want us to see that today in the scripture. The reason that's the case is because people just uh, 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 were so easily distracted. It's just so simple. We listen sometimes, but we, we don't hear. I remember this story Brother Ross, he may remember, but many years ago, back before the building, we even started breaking down. There used to be a two-story house right here, and my office was on the bottom floor. And uh, I had a little back gate, and Brother Ross and some of the guys came in. They're like, uh, I wasn't the pastor. Then they go, Brother Myers, we're, we're, we're trying to find a game for youth conference, and we want to play this game. And I believe it's called, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? Is that, was that it? Or a third grader. And they're like, I want you to see a clip. We want to do a form of this. And I'll never forget the clip I saw. And there's a lady there, and she was some actress. I have no clue who she was. I hadn't heard of her. And, and, and so the, the, she's trying to come up with the right answer, and the host was trying to help her so she didn't look dumb. And he gave her a really serious clue as to what the answer was. And she's sitting there thinking about it, and she's going to give the wrong answer, which she did. And here's what he said. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help you here. And here's what she said. I'll never forget. She goes, I hear what you're saying, but I'm listening to what I'm thinking. And she gave the wrong answer. Now, you know what they call that? Being a woman. But anyhow. Uh, <laughs> By the way, there's an extra Bible in here. I'm going to set it right there and just try to distract. That's, okay, let's, let me be. It's called being a human, right? We hear something outwardly, but we're listening to what's going on in here. And a lot of times it gets us in trouble. Our, uh, our, our text here 
uh, as we get into the scripture, describes what would be called an action or a picture sermon. In other words, a lot of times in the Old Testament, God would have the prophets do something. And it would seem weird or maybe out of, out of, out of you know, context or whatever to them. And then what he would do is the people would notice what the prophet was doing and he would use what they were doing to use it to give them a message. This is an illustration through my life of what God is trying to stay, say to you. That's what uh, is happening here. The Babylonian captivity was coming. The children of Israel, because of their disobedience, were going to be taken into captivity, and God's trying to deal with them. He's trying to help those that would actually listen to what he's trying to say. And so here's the story. God comes to Jeremiah and says, listen, go get this, this linen uh, girdle thing. It's an, it's, a, it's an inner garment. He goes, I want you to go get that, and I want you to wear it. So Jeremiah goes, and he gets the linen, and he starts wearing it. After a while, God comes back to him and says, now, I want you to take that garment, and I want you to go 500 miles away and bury it. So he gets the garment. He ends up going 500 miles away to a place off, off the Euphrates River, and he buries it, and he goes home. And then God tells him later, says, hey, Jeremiah, I want you to go back, and I want you to get that girl, that linen, and I want you to bring it back. And Jeremiah goes, and of course, what happened after all this time, the, the, uh, the, the garment's corrupted, it's ruined. And then God comes to Jeremiah and says, well, I want you to use this as a picture to teach the Israelites here what's going to happen and why it's going to happen. The linen was marred. He says it was profitable. It was really, it was described as profitable for nothing. We would call it really good for nothing. And then he wants Jeremiah to apply it to the people. Look at verse 11. I'm going somewhere with this and I'm going to make an application back to Jeremiah. So stay with me. He says, for as the girdle cleaveth to the loins of a man, it's an undergarment that's close, you wear it, and it's very close to your body, so have I caused to cleave unto me the whole house of Israel and the whole house of Judah. You know, God's saying, like, as that's close to your body, in, in verse 11, he goes, that's how I wanted Israel to be. I wanted them to be close to me. I wanted them to, they're there to be my people. And then he continues, that they might be to me, unto me a people. In other words, called by his name, they are his people. The world identifies them with God. And for a praise and for a glory. That they would bring honor to me through what they're doing. But as you know, if you know the story, they did not do that. And God had to judge them and take them into captivity for 70 years. What was the problem? Look at the end of the verse. But... They would not hear. That was the problem. They did not listen to God. Very simple. By the way, I see Christianity in really simple terms. I see sometimes how, how people want to be a Christian and live completely opposite of God that they only just come to church enough to have, you know, to, to, to soothe their conscience. And I'll just be honest with you, that would be fine except for one thing, I read my Bible. I can't read my Bible without seeing that God doesn't want that kind of, 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 of superficial relationship with us. 
By the way, I'm married. I don't want that kind of superficial relationship with my wife. Well, I only see her, you know, some of you would say, hey, that sounds great, you know, see her once a week. Uh, I'm being facetious there. I want more. I hope you want more in your marriage. I want there to be not just seeing each other, but a closeness and a, a joy. And by the way, that changed my life. When I got married and I said I do, it changed my life. Now, I could go to the jokes, and I'm not. It changed my life for the good. And by the way, it changed how I lived, okay? It was no longer just me. It was me and her. And I had, we had to work that out, and that was fine. But, but so that's what salvation does. But it's very simple. What was their problem? They would not hear. But here's the point. That's not the point, although it is the point. As I read this recently, and I'm like, I understand that. I understand the children of Israel were hard-hearted. They didn't listen to God and do all that thing. And then it just jumped out at me. Read the first part of the chapter. Jeremiah was complete opposite of the children of Israel. God could speak to him. And Jeremiah just did it. In other words, as he was using this picture of the girdle, I saw a picture that here was one man who was doing what the children of Israel wouldn't do. They didn't listen to God. And Jeremiah is just like, okay, God said it. So I do it. One man listened. Here's my admonition. And it won't be long. That's what we need to do. You can look at every problem in your life. And you can try to find every excuse and reason in the world why you have that problem. And some problem, I mean, you know, if, if you have... You know, Health, but, but I'm talking about life's problems. You can almost boil all of it back to this one thing. We're not listening to God. You know, I'm having problem with, with, with relationships in my life. I get that. But if you trace it back, you can probably find somewhere in your life where you're violating a scriptural principle that would help you in that situation. I'm having problems, problems in my, my marriage in my life. And by the way, I'll say this, I think I have a great marriage. Marriage isn't easy all the time. Why? Because I'm selfish. What about your wife? We're not preaching on her this morning, okay? I, you know, I'm in the flesh. I get irritated dumb things. She's perfect. Well, I hope that buys me some time, okay? But, but, so, but you know what? If, if I have problems with my wife, I guarantee you we can, we can trace it back to a violation of Scripture somewhere. Right? It's, it's simple. But Jeremiah didn't have any such issue. I like the way Jeremiah responded to God's word. And I think if we did, we would be just fine and we would not be defined like the children of Israel that they would not hear. So let me give you several thoughts about how Jeremiah was to God's word and how we should be to God's word. Are you ready? They're going to be quick. Number one, you must be open to God's word. Amen. Verse 1, very simple. Thus saith the Lord unto me, Go and get thee a girdle and put it on upon thy loins and put it not water. That was it. Now why would God come to Jeremiah like, Jeremiah like that? Because he knew and Jeremiah knew he was just open to God's word. Read the book of Jeremiah. God said it, he did it. That's called being open to God's word. Notice that he not only had to wear it, this is a tough one for me, he, he couldn't even wash it. Okay? But he was open. 
That was the first command in this whole thing that started the whole little series, the whole little message, is that God just came to Jeremiah and said, get the girdle, wear it, don't wash it. And Jeremiah's like, let's go. Now what about us? Are we open to God's word? You see, that was in complete opposition to what the nation was doing. They were not doing that. And the problem with them wasn't that they could not hear, it's that they would not hear. And by the way, the reason sometimes we don't want to hear God's word is because we do not have a desire for it. We know what it says, right? It's like a child. They won't even, they, there's certain things a child will not naturally try. Vegetables. They, they've never even tried it. I'm like, look, you can try to fool them. My little, uh, my granddaughter was over, Callie. She's uh, two. And I don't know why I was sitting on the couch and I was talking to her. Oh, we were eating. And she goes, my mom, you know, we had green beans. And she goes, my mom, we grab green beans. I like those. I'm like, great, great. She goes, my mom makes, we eat mushrooms. And I'm like, you can't lie to a kid. I'm like, Callie, mushrooms chase just like candy. And she looks at me and goes, no, they don't. At least she tried. But you, look, they look at it, and it's like, I don't like the way it looks, and I don't like the texture. I'm not eating it. Right? Can I get a witness? How many of you didn't like vegetables when you were younger, and you like them now? Yeah. I hated vegetables. Like, don't put lettuce on anything. Don't put tomato on anything and all that. And then I got to college, and I'm like, ah, just eat anything. And then it's like, salad's good. But that's how we are. We, we have no desire for it in the first place. That's why we're not open to God's word because we know that it might make some uh, uh, um, requirements in our life and so we don't like, we have no desire for it. And if we don't have a desire, we will not have a willingness to listen to what God says. Let me ask you this. Are you listening to hear what God has for you? Sometimes we come to church and it's like, and by the way, I'm not God, it's just principles of God's word, but it's like, you know, can I get out of here and beat the rain, and I want to beat the rain too, and, and you know, get something to eat and all that, but can God speak to me about anything? When you open your Bible, is it just to like get that Bible reading checklist done, or are you saying, God, I want you to speak to me about something? So are you really, do you really want, are you listening to the Bible to see, well, if I agree with it, I'm okay? Look, I, I read all kinds, when I was a new Christian especially, I, I'd hear things in the Bible, I'm like, you got to be kidding me, that's just not me. But it was what God wanted. So you got to be open to God's word. They weren't deaf to his words, understand this, they were defiant to his words. But, Joseph, but, Jer, but Jeremiah wasn't, he was open. Secondly, you must be obedient to God's word. Look what he says. So I got a girdle in verse 2. <clears throat> and say, man, isn't girls for girls? I think some of us, we'd profit from it. I don't know. Okay, you'll figure that one out later. According to the word of the Lord, and I put it on my loins. I don't know like about you. I like to be clean, right? I don't want to wear the same thing, you know, over and over, right? How many of you with me? We're on vacation, and the first week, uh, Allison and Ryan weren't able to come, so we took uh, Selah with us. And she's staying with us in the hotel, and I'm like, hey, Selah, life lesson. You know, she, so I'm like, what's, what's that all about? She's like two. No, she's four. I'm like, Selah, you take a, you take a, did you, I'm like, you at the hotel, did you take a shower or a bath tonight? No. I took one last night. I'm like, life lesson. You take one every single day. 
You got that? Okay, life lesson. We take it every day. And then it's like, hey, did you brush your teeth? No. I'm like, okay, life lesson. You brush your teeth before you go to bed every night and when you get up in the morning, at least those two times, probably more. You got that? Yeah. Now, when we got up to the farm, I'm like, hey, hey, how's it go to life lesson? Did you take a bath last night? She just stared at me. I'm, I'm pretty sure she did. But, but it's like, look, you know, I, I, he put it on. He, he couldn't even wash it. But you know what? God told him to, to, to wear it. No questions. He was obedient. By the way, you know, we're obedient, but, you know, we, have, we, we want to question everything God says. Right? We want, there's no further information needed from him. He didn't question God. There was no debate. It kind of seems silly. I'll just be real honest with you. Now, if God says, here's some spiritual things you're supposed to do, I get it. But to put on a girdle, it's like, what? No question. No debate. God said it. I'm doing it. By the way, it bothers me. Um, we're, we're seeing that there's no conviction in our Christianity today. It, it, it bothers me that, that what we're doing as Christians, we're taking every woke philosophy that's out there and we're trying to find a verse in the Bible to overturn it. The Bible's against all that nonsense. But we want to debate everything God that says. I like this about Jeremiah. His obedience was instant. You understand that? Do you understand obedience is the biggest thing? You know, O-B-E-D-I-E-N-C-E, obediences, and all that other stuff. I'm not singing it. John, you want to do it? I'll wait. Didn't think so. You can own a Bible, but it's of no use to you if you're not obeying it. You can listen to the Bible preached or taught, and it's of no value if you're not going to add obedience to it. You can read the Bible, but that's of no value without obedience. You can study the Bible and learn all the facts about the Bible, but if there's no obedience, it's just not any good. It, what does it say in Hebrews that, that, that it didn't profit the Israels because they didn't take what they learned and they didn't mix it with faith? In other words, what he was saying is they're not taking what God said and believing it to the point that they actually do what it says, and so it was of no value to them. And I want the Bible to be of value to us. You will never grow as a Christian if you're not obedient to the word of God. Amen. Over the years, people come in and say, Pastor, can I meet with you? You know, maybe you can help me with something. And a lot of times what happens is they have a situation or a problem going on in their life, and it has negative consequences. You know what I found? A lot of people, not everybody, but what they want is they want me to tell them how to get rid of the consequences of the problem without dealing with the problem. You can cut out weeds, but if you don't get to the root, the weeds are just going to grow back. you got to get to the root of the problem. The root of the problem is, where is it in our life that we are coming short of what God wants? Because if we can get to that point and we can start doing what it says, we won't have the bad fruit anymore. But most people don't want to do that. I hope that that's not our attitude. There's no shortcuts. Obedience. Third, you must be operating by God's word. Notice verse 3, and the word of the Lord came unto me the second time, saying. Notice how he fulfilled the, uh, the first request, then went back to his life. As a result of that, the next request comes. In other words, living the life of obedience to the Bible should not be a one-time thing or an occasional thing. It should be a commitment for life. You're never going to get to the point where you say this, I have arrived as a Christian. 
And by the way, if you have, come see me because I got a long way to go here. Oh, you know, I've got it all down. Do you know, do you, you know, it's like, I, I got all the answers. I'm like, you don't even know all the questions. You're never going to have it down. We need to be open to God each and every day. Just because we're obedient today doesn't mean that there's not going to be something we need to be obedient to tomorrow. Just because we're living that life of obedience today doesn't mean we're going to need to strengthen it and fortify it and get back on track tomorrow. That's our life. Our life should be, be, be based on uh, 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 the right beliefs, values, and principles. Everybody lives by something. Everybody has a value. Everybody has principles. Everybody has, has, has uh, 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 beliefs you live by. Here's the question. Where do those come from? Because where they come from will determine where you end up at. And if your values, your beliefs, and your principles of life are not coming from the Bible, it's not going to be a good end. Because God's not leading. So we need to live our lives by that. Not just a one-time thing. We can't have the, the cafeteria mentality, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. You go to a cafeteria, they don't really have maybe a buffet. You don't have to eat everything there. Now, I know some people try, but you don't have to. You go through there and say, by the way, when you go to, let me just help you with this. This is not Bible, but it'll help you. Do not eat salad at a buffet. That's where they make profit. Salad's super cheap. Okay, lettuce. Eat the meat. That's expensive, but anyhow. But you, you go through there. Look, if I'm paying to eat at a buffet, I'm not going to eat green beans. I like green beans. I'll eat those at home. Give me the expensive stuff. You know? Hey, look, try that. I don't like that. I know, but try it. No, I'm paying for that over there. I'm not paying to eat something I don't want. That's free. But that's how we take the Bible, right? Oh, hey, this principle looks good. What about this principle? We had a guy in our class years ago. We started a, a young couples class. And this guy started coming with his wife. She was saved. He was not a Christian. And uh, uh, I talked to him. Uh, several people in our class talked to him. My wife even talked to him. And I went by there and like, you don't want to become a Christian. Why are you even coming? He goes, because I think I can hear something that will help me with my family. And I tried to get him to see, like, no, that's not about your, it's about Jesus Christ. You know what he wanted? He didn't want to be a Christian, but he wanted the values of the Christian. Give me this part of Christianity that will help my wife and my children, but I don't want this part that would make me a Christian and give me a relationship with Christ. And that doesn't work, and it did not work for him. We must be operating by God's word. It's not a one-time thing. Look at verse 6. You must be obsessed by God's word. Look what it is, verse 6. <clears throat> and it came to pass after what? Many days that the, Lord, that the Lord said unto me, Arise, go to the Euphrates, and take the girdle from thence, which I commanded thee to hide it there. I mean, that was a long time down the road. But you know what? He was still in on God's word. And by the way, later on, God's, that was a 500-mile trip both ways. No cars, no Uber, no train, no plane, very slow. It took a long time to get there and back. And then after a while longer, go do it again and pick it up. He was in this for the long term. By the way, I like that. You're not going to be long term about something unless it obsesses you. Unless it consumes you. Unless it's, unless it's just like, this is who I am. This is my life. This is what I want. Christianity doesn't work if you just play with it. It doesn't. 
You have got to be full on into it. Can you imagine what God would do if we were just committed and faithful to being obedient to his word for our whole life? Can you just imagine that? Can you imagine how much better your life would be if you were just 100% committed to God? You say, man, I'm new at this thing, and I've been doing it, and God's been blessing. You know what? Ten years down the road, it's going to be so much better. Could you imagine what God would, how much better our marriages would be? <clears throat> we need God. Okay, two people living together. Can I get a witness? Okay, you need God. It goes a lot better, and it's so much smoother, and it's so much better if God's at the center. How much better our families would be? <clears throat> See, we want to do our own thing and be disobedient to God and think that it's not going to affect our children. Let's look at it corporately as a group. How much better would our church be? And by the way, I think that's why we have a good church. We have a lot of people that are committed to God. Let's keep that up. Wonder how much better our country would be. I believe this with all my heart. If everybody <clears throat> in our country who claimed to be a Christian lived 100% like a Christian, our nation would change tomorrow. Amen. That's our problem. We don't see the connection. You say, pastor, is everything about our country? But no. But we live in this country. Why wouldn't we want God to do something in our country? We live in a free country. Why don't we take advantage of, you say, well, voting's not everything, pastor. Uh, I understand that, but tell that to people in countries that don't get a choice. We at least get a choice. We take everything for granted. How much better would our world be? I mean, if our churches were better and our country was better, we would send even more people out to make a difference in this world to people that have never heard the name of Jesus Christ. How much better would everything? You think, how much better would our finances be? You know, the, and you could just name every area of your life because the Bible talks and teaches us about all these areas. But it comes down to obedience. Our commitment level, before I move on to Christianity, is not much better than our country's commitment level in marriages. It ought to be this, till death do us part, right? Now, some people are, can we, can we speed up the process? No. But most people spiritually divorce God. Let's be committed to him, shall we? Next, you must be, you must be occupied in God's word. Look at verse 7. Then I went to Euphrates and digged and took the girdle from the place. In other words, and I'm not trying to, 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 to shoehorn this, it took effort. That obedience was not simple. That was a long trip. Digging that thing back up, burying it in the first place, it takes effort. By the way, uh, it does take some effort to be obedient to God's word. Let me quote a verse to you, read a verse to you from James chapter 1. This is talking about being a doer of the word and not a hearer only. And he says this, But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, talking about the Bible, we're looking into it, we're seeing what it says, and continueth therein, as I said earlier, being faithful, lifelong, he being not a forgetful hearer, here's what he says, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Did you get that? He's, instead of saying he being obedient to the word, he's a doer of the work because it takes effort, right? When I got right with God as a new Christian and there were things that I needed to clean up in my life, I had to get to work. I'm like, Steve, are you going to do this? And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to. I'm going to make some changes because I know that's not honoring to God. And I put the effort in to do it. And you too. But we just don't, what we want is a Christianity that's just handed to us. 
We're not willing to put in the effort. And by the way, we lose that battle when we give in to little battles, right? You know, small battles like, uh, I just don't feel like going to church today, and there's no reason why you can't. Well, I'll live stream. Not the same as church, and I know some of you aren't feeling well, or some of you were freaked out by the rain, and I'm not picking at you. Thank you for watching online. But that's not church. If we get accustomed to that instead of being together, that's not church. God said assemble together. And so we miss sometimes, and it's easy. You know, we, we, we want to read our Bible, and it's so easy to miss a day. And then one day becomes two, and two days becomes three, and three days becomes four. And it's easy. So that's what I'm saying, these little battles. Number six, you must be organized by God's word. Verse eight, then came the word of the Lord unto me, saying, thus saith the Lord, after this manner will I mar the pride of Judah and the great pride of Israel. Of Judah. Let me say this and we'll be done here. There's something I don't want you to miss. This whole thing came step by step, right? God did not come to Jeremiah and say, look, doc, I got, I got, I got something I want you to do. Listen up, I'm going to tell you the whole thing. You're going to go get a girdle. You're going to wear it for this many days. Then you're going to go to Euphrates. You're going to drop it off and come back home. And then later, you're going to go get it and come back again. And it's going to be all messed up. And then you're going to use that as an opportunity to preach the word. Okay? You got it? Let's go. You know what he said? Go wear a girdle. Don't wash it. That was it? And he did that. And then God came back later and said, hey, thanks for doing that. Now here's the next step. Why don't you just go bury it? 500 miles away. Okay. Jeremiah comes back and says, it's done, it's over. And he's like, hey, Jeremiah comes back later and says, go back to Euphrates and get it. Okay. And then he comes back later and says, there's a message I want you to preach because of this. Do you understand? It was step by step. That's Christianity. You know how you grow as a Christian? Just take the steps in front of you today. If I would have thought when I walked into church, as a messed up 18-year-old, what God, what, where I would, what I would have to do to get where I was at, I would have been discouraged. I would have said, man, there is a whole lot of nonsense I got to de deal with. You know what happened? I just said, you know, I'm going to start going to church faithfully. And then I started growing, and I'm like, okay, this area needs to be dealt with, and I dealt with it. And that area needs to be dealt with, and I dealt with it. And this area, and guess what? It's, um, I'm not going to tell you how many years later, then you're going to figure out how old I am. I'll just let you know, I'm 35. And, and, and I'm not kidding. Anyway, uh, and, and it's like, but you know, I just, let's just work on it. I'm still dealing with it. It's, it's a step-by-step -step process. See, we got to know everything about God. How's everything going to work out? I don't know, but I know this, I'm going to obey God today. And you know what? If I obey God today, I can wake up and say, I'm going to obey God tomorrow. And then I'll obey God tomorrow, and guess what? If I can do that pretty consistently and pretty solidly, 5, 6, 7, 10, 20 years from now, I'm going to be exactly where God wants me to be. Yes, there's going to be problems along the way. Yes, there's going to be little issues we need to deal with. I get it, but it's a process. Don't get tired or weary in the process. That's what we do. By the way, let me just say this. You're going to trip up. Don't stop. Man, you've come so far. Just get back up and go forward. Let me say this and I'm done. Everything you need to understand about, the word, about your Christian life is this. Listen and do what he says. That's it. 
you'll end up where God wants you to be. Pastor, I'm trying to get through this problem. I'm trying to fix this situation. I'm trying to do this. Just be obedient to God. Find out what God says. Just serve him and love him and do the right thing. And you will get to where you want to be. The Israelites were messed up because God said they wouldn't hear. But in the midst of there, there was one guy over here that says, God, I'm listening. I'm doing exactly what you want. And his name was Jeremiah. Let's be like him. Let's bow our head and close our eyes for a minute, if we may. Every head bowed and every eye closed just for a minute. In the midst of a nation of people that were really, really obedient, disobedient to God was one man. He just followed God. He was open to everything God said. He listened to everything that God said. And he followed him. Where are we at today? Where are we at today? You say, Pastor, I'm not perfect at this thing I'm trying. That's good. Because none of us will be perfect. But I hope that the desire of your heart is to like, Lord, I want to follow you. I want to obey you. And Lord, if you'll teach me, I'll get on this road and I'll go. May get bumpy at times. I may be tempted to... I may get tempted to deviate from it sometimes. I might stumble on this road, but you know what, Lord? This is who I'm going to be. I'm committed to it. It's a lifelong progress. By the way, we, we mentioned marriage. In any marriage, you have problems and conflicts, but you know what? They're not fatal. You get up, you, you, you get over it, and you move forward. Let's be obedient to him. We want everything that God has for us apart from obedience, and God says obedience is the way. Maybe you're here this morning, and you're not a Christian. You do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior. You're not 100% for sure that if you were to die, you'd go to heaven. That's where it starts. God wants you to obey him as his child, but if you're not his child, obedience will not help. That's the question. With nobody looking around, in your heart, would you answer that question? Are you 100% for sure if you were to die today, you'd go to heaven? Or do you have some doubt? If, it's, if that's you, if you'd say, Pastor, with nobody looking around, that's me. I am not 100% for sure if I were to die today, I'd go to heaven. But I'd like to know that for sure. Pastor, would you pray for me with nobody looking? If you just raise your hand up until I see it and then put it back down. Anybody at all? Anybody at all? Can we stand together this morning? The piano is going to play. If God spoke to you, balcony, if God spoke to you, why don't you come? Maybe you just need to say, Lord, I'm committed to you and I'm committed to obedience and I'm going to remain committed, Lord. Just make me strong. Keep me strong.